Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Suave. Been in my back for a while, I'm invincible Story of a young boss, grinding shit critical Calling on my bros one time, cause you special I had some hood dreams of right rounds for my mentor Every target that I shoot is on point like a pencil Different road change relationships, I'm so sorry Came up from the trenches and I made it, I say hardly now- Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting this season Everything from pro and college basketball to UFC, MMA and more You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. What's up, guys? And we are back with another episode of the What's in Your Bag podcast with Andrew Robinson, presented by Bet Online. Before we introduce today's today's guest, we want to make sure I get the business out the way. First and foremost, man, if you're watching this on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're hearing this, make sure you give us a five-star rating. It goes a very, very long way. Tell a friend to tell a friend about the What's in Your Bag podcast. Man, we got some dope guests. We're dropping gems on the podcast, man. So make sure you guys are telling a friend to tell a friend and spreading the good gospel, man. Uh, that was my guy, Pup Tay, on the intro. Make sure you guys are streaming his music. He's one of the hottest up-and-coming artists out of the DMV. It's going to be him on the outro as well. And yeah, guys, make sure you guys are giving us, like I said, five-star rating, thumbs up, subscribe, subscribe, all that good stuff, man. But without further ado, man, we got a barbershop episode today, man. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. One of my one of my brothers, one of my very good friends, you know what I'm saying? Me and this guy go way, way back to about 2016. I think I met Trey for the first time uh, on the campus of – I was at Quinnipiac. He was at Yale, you know what I'm saying? But uh, my guy, Trey Fields, now retired basketball player, uh, content creator, um, entrepreneur, the whole nine yards, man. But other than that, man, an all-around great person, uh, somebody who – you know, has inspired me a lot. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm, I'm definitely honored to have this conversation with you today, man, and uh, looking forward to it. What's up, my guy? Man, I'm over here cheesing, big cheesing. For one, it's been a long time. I can't believe it's been, like, six, seven years. Crazy. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. And for two, I'm washed. I'm retired seven years out of college. I'm feeling like seven years out of college. So, man, time flies. And, uh, yeah, we go way back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, I also got to introduce my co-host, my guy Tank Will, you know what I'm saying? He he the bruh, so we ain't already trying to give him too much of a of an intro on here, you know what I'm saying? What, what what up, Tank? <laughs> Yo, what up? First of all, if you not first of all, if you're not cues, you really not bros. Like we the only bros. But anyway, like outside of that, my man is Trey. Hey, look, I, we might go back further than you than y'all two, bro. Like me and Trey really might be like 2013. I met Trey at like Charlotte Christian. So like this this way back, so we might actually go back for the trade, but you know it's all love, man. Trey's good, always good to talk to you, Brody. Absolutely, for sure, man. It's crazy because last week when we had uh Tank on his first his first episode with with Meech, when he tried to raise on camera, you know, what I'm saying uh we had actually no, 
<laughs> we, we, did we have an episode with me, Tank, and Lexus. We had a, a, a cool little, you know, me, Lexus had the first fam going on. Now we got two other alphas. I'll be remiss if I ain't out the frat, you know, on, on camera, you know what I'm saying? So, Tank, you're going to have to be the eyeball today, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's all good, though. Um, But now, nah, man, but before we get into the nitty-gritty, man, Trey, tell us about just, you know, how's life, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, we're going to get into all the, the retirement stuff, man. But just, you know, how's life in Charlotte, you know what I'm saying? You're living your best life right now. It seems like doing your retirement series uh, on Instagram right now, going viral. But how's life, man? Yo, I just want to say it'll be a miracle if we make it through this without laughing and, and getting the joke time. So I'm going to try my best. <laughs> I'm going to try my best. But, uh, yeah, man, life is good. Uh, decided to put the ball down officially in, like, uh, September, October, right? Um, so now I'm back home. I'm doing two things, social media and Jimble, my startup. So uh, it's definitely a change of pace. But I think taking those habits from from hooping and and attacking new challenges has been really fun, and it's been amazing to uh to hop into the startup world with the same kind of energy as I'm trying to make it to the league. It's it's a different league, and they write the same size checks <laughs> if I make it with what I'm doing. So it's just it's just cool to even be in this position. Yeah, you spoke on like um just like change of pace and it just feels like you're the only person I know that like retired and your life like retired from ball and your life turned up even more. So like in terms of like just change of pace, do you feel like this pace now, like trying to get into like the entrepreneurial space, like uh navigating what it's like to sort of be essentially an influencer on, on social? Can you just say like what that change has been like going from just the everyday in and out being a hooper, professional hooper into now just coming into this new space? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's different being a, a entrepreneur and you can, I would count any content creator who is, you know, trying to make an income from that an entrepreneur. Um, and just like hoops, right? Like you have to, rent is due every day, <laughs> except the only difference is the, the opponent is not always as clear. You have to set your own goals and your own metrics for success. So when I say change of pace, I just mean I have to spend a lot more time defining success and figuring out what those wins are for me because um, the work is still the work and you, you got to show up every day ready to kind of get closer to whatever goal you set. So, um, yeah, just trying to figure out what success looks like and, and just attacking it with the same intensity. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't lie. It's, I don't have that uh, the pregame jitters and, and all the, the practice I'm not trying to go to practice. Like I truly love doing like this. And I think that's a huge blessing. Not everybody can, can wake up just excited for things and there's highs and lows too, but we can get into that later. For sure. That's love, man. That's love. I think that's a perfect uh, little teaser to kind of what's to come in the episode. But, you know, before we get to kind of what you're doing now and everything you're, you're into um, in your next phase of life, I want to rewind all the way back to the beginning, man. Um, tell us about your upbringing, man. Obviously, uh, you started off, were you born in Baton Rouge or were you born in, in North Carolina? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I got, got my facts. You know what I'm saying? So, born down south, born down south. Um, you were obviously born into basketball, man, a basketball family. Um, just talk about your upbringing, you know, how you got into the game and just kind of uh, tell us about, you know, little Trey, man. Just kind of what, you know, what your, your upbringing was like. <laughs> man, uh, I've had a ball in my hand since, you know, the womb, right? Like my pops played in the league, had a great career. Um, and I just was kind of following in those footsteps. And to be honest, man, I I wasn't really confident in, in my game in comparison to to my peers until like eighth grade. So 
the first 10 years of who was just a wash <laughs> big wash man like it was I, I had a love hate right like I loved it because it was a part of me and it was a part of my family and it kind of you know provided a lifestyle that we had but I hated it because you know big shoes to fill and I wasn't from from my standards close to to filling that so I shed many a tear on a practice court back in the day back in the AAU days but yeah, it came a long way and then I guess just as far as upbringing in life outside of basketball, um, my mom always preached like, you got to get a good education. You can't play for the rest of your life. And it's funny just fast forwarding to today when I actually had to stand on that, right? Like the ball is going to stop bouncing at one point. So shout out to her just for kind of instilling that from a young age. So I always knew I wanted to go to a school that had high academics and could open up doors and, and basketball was just a vehicle. 100%. First of all, definitely got to give a shout out to Ma Dukes, man, because she, she's super dope, man, super woman. I know you're going to listen to this, so hey, Ma, you know what I'm saying? Just got to show you some love. Make sure you're going to see you soon. Um, but I think in your response, maybe you said something that was that was super, super interesting and super, uh, you know, powerful. I want to dive into a little more. You're talking about just, you know, the idea of living up to expectations and the, the pressure that kind of people had on you based on your pops and everything like that. Um, and I feel like, you know, People, people who don't know, I obviously lost both of my parents, you know, my mom and my dad, and not a lot of people can relate to losing a parent, you know what I'm saying? And I feel like for me, I can't even relate to you in this sense of having that pressure, you know what I'm saying? I feel like in today's society, everybody talks about, for example, Bronny James, and like, oh, how you live up to, you know, your dad's LeBron, and then this and that, and like, everybody knew, you know, your dad was obviously a great player in the NBA, like you mentioned, had a great career, you know, people talked about him being one of the, the, the Jordan stoppers and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I want to ask you, man, for you, like, you know, after, after your dad passed, how were you able to kind of just, I guess, get through the expectations and like, all right, bet now you got to kind of be the next, you know, Bobby Fields and deal with all the, the pressure of that, man, because that's not an easy thing. Number one, trying to deal with the loss of a parent. And then number two, now you're like, all right, bet all this weight is on your shoulders to kind of play the game that he played and be as great as he was. Right. Um, from a mental perspective, how were you able to kind of deal with that? at such a young age and kind of carry that through your, your upbringing? Yeah, man, that's a great question. Uh, like, to be honest, bro, I, I feel like I was ch like I was chasing that until I decided to retire. And I, maybe not even that point. I think uh, I had to get to, like, summer league, right? Like, I always had this joke because uh, my style of play is, is I'm a facilitator. I can score, but I wasn't averaging a lot in college. My joke was like, I can I can score seven points anywhere in the world. I can average seven anywhere in the world. Whatever league in the put me there, I'm gonna average seven. So uh I scored seven points in my my summer league game with the with the Rockets. And my mom was in the stands and it was just kind of like, man, I don't have to I don't have to prove nothing else to nobody. So to be dead honest, I think like I was still chasing like that. I have to prove it to the world until that point, which was August 2021. So if you look at my whole career, right, like, yeah, I had these these metrics of success, right, like three-year starter, two-time uh, March Madness, you know, attendee and, and upsets and whatever. But the one that I was after was, like, just being on that stage, mom in the crowd. And it doesn't have to be in an NBA regular season game. To me, like, that summer league experience was, was just dope. So, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. That's real. And just sort of, like, just to sort of like add on top of that, I know like we talk about sort of what it's like to build your identity, but like, did you feel it was harder 
but your father being someone who was in the NBA, did you feel like it was harder to develop your identity as a man without him being there? Or did you feel like it was harder to identify who you were as a basketball player just coming mm -hmm. up? I know that like those are two different worlds, but like those are at one point, like those two worlds start to collide at some point throughout your basketball journey. And I just wonder like which one of those do you feel like was more difficult to sort of get a grasp on? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think my identity as, you know, Trey was was solidified way earlier than my identity as like I'm an athlete for some reason, right? Like um athlete stuff took a while, but yeah, I think it was just back to like my mom and just instilling these principles that are kind of like intangibles, right? Like you have intangibles with basketball. Uh she kind of just showed me what it was like to to really you know, be a man. And, you know, even though she's, you know, a woman and might not be able to relate and everything, I think she did a great job of that. So I've always felt like I was, you know, the man of the house, pretty independent, had to grow up fast. So that kind of was always a part of me. Um, and yeah, that's my answer. Now I also got to, I'll be remiss if I mentioned your sister as well, uh, Kirsty, because she's also a super bucket on the court. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you guys definitely got got the the basketball gene in your blood, man. You know, Pop definitely you you could tell, man. He definitely trickled that down uh, to both of you guys. And um, I wanted to ask you for you, like, what advice would you give to somebody else who who's maybe dealing with one the loss of a parent or trying to deal with you know living up to expectations or somebody who feels like, dang, like you know, I got this weight on my shoulders and this pressure from the outside world, like, um, to be somebody, right, like. What advice would you give to that person um, on on trying to deal with those expectations and, and adversity and just, you know, pressure? Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, man, for me, it, it all came back to just like, you know, they say the, the, the term like you got to create your own legacy, leave your own legacy. So at some point you can be trying to live up to the people that were um, before you. However, uh, like every day you have a chance to impact somebody, you have a chance to kind of set a new trail that your parent couldn't have and, and didn't. Um, and I think that's important as well. Like, yes, it's it's okay to have both things be true. You can be chasing after something while still blazing your own path for the next generation. So it's kind of really dope to see how I've done it looking back, right? Like to put a bow on my athletic career, I was chasing, however, still opening doors for the person that might want to be the next Yale athlete or, or or high academic student that was was great on the court as well. So and that's, you know, something my dad didn't do to that extent, but it just looked different. So I think different is OK. You you can have room for both. I love like what you said right there, um, because you pretty much set it up for a T. What I was about to ask this and you brought up what it was like just being a Yale athlete. Uh, just can you tell me, like, just sort of what it was like, you know, going from like Charlotte Christian, then going into Yale. And like you went to Yale, like when it wasn't necessarily as popular or as trendy for athletes to go to an Ivy League school and then try to make it to the next level. Like, can you sort of give a dive deeper? Well, let's just give a dive deeper into like you choosing Yale and like your time navigating Yale at a space, uh, being the person that you are. Yeah, man. When, when I was a freshman, we had the the big gray Russell tees. We had no Under Armour deal. <laughs> we had the big gray Russell tees. We didn't have an Instagram account. I, I started Yale basketball's Instagram account. I'll put that on record because everybody don't know that. <laughs> but, uh, I'm with yeah. a content creator at heart. Even before yeah, he started. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they snatched it from me. But that's a story for another day. Uh, so uh, I think the class before me uh, that that 
senior class when I was a freshman really was the first like step in the right direction to where Yale is right now. So credit to them, credit to like the prior two seasons, honestly, um, they just didn't get the kind of the credit uh, when they did it. So yeah, it wasn't popular. Um, but again, it just goes back to like, what was my goal? What was my version of success for me? It was, okay, I'm going to use this to get a Yale degree. Our valedictorian didn't get accepted in the Yale. So it was kind of like, uh, I knew it was an unpopular choice and I had to be okay with that trade-off because I, I kind of had the, the foresight and, and really just trusting that it was the right path for me, right? Like, kind of like not comparing yourself to all the high major kids and stuff. I didn't have those options. I had a decent amount of mid-major offers, but um, yeah, just trusting in the vision and the plan that, you know, kind of God has for your life and what you want to do. Looking back, just like out of curiosity, just out of curiosity, do you feel like Yale was the best offer that you had on the table? Or you feel like Yale, like, cause I mean, 2020 is hindsight, like hindsight is 2020 and vice versa, but do you feel like Yale is the best offer now looking back? Or do you feel like at the time it was just like Yale is going to make me a better man? And when I finish, I'm going to have like a degree from Yale. Yeah, man. It's, it's crazy you say that because I was just on uh, on the high school offers page. I was at a high school playoff game and I was checking out a kid. I was like, man, let me go see what I let me go see what I have. Man. Me, I don't even remember. <laughs> but uh, so I had like I had like 15 offers. Mid-ranger. We're not going to name drop anyone, but, you know. Uh, looking back at it, it was just the perfect balance of like great basketball and great academics. Uh, so I wouldn't change it for a thing. Um, I really, I can't lie to you. I really wanted to go to Stanford, but that wasn't in the cards for me, right? Athletically, I was not where I was athletically until I got to college. So uh, that didn't shake out, but I'm I'm really just thankful that I went where I went. That's real. I feel like it's crazy to, to think back because um... – you know, I feel like after we got to college, it's kind of similar to the whole HBCU movement. It was like when I was coming out of high school, it wasn't cool to go to HBCUs, bro. Like, people, like I remember I was thinking like, man, like I ain't going to no HBCU. I'm about to go to the mid-majors or whatever, CAA, the MAC, you know, A-10, whatever. And it's like now everybody trying to go to HBCUs. Everybody trying to, the Mikey Williams talking about, I'm going to put an HBCU in my top five and this and that. Howard's got a Jordan sponsorship playing that All-Star weekend. I feel like that's kind of the same with the Ivy League because, you know, you had guys like, you know, Bryce Aiken and Seth Towns who were, you know, five – or not five-star, but top 100 recruits going to Ivy Leagues. And Mie, a guy, Mie only just, just just got drafted from Yale, you know, second round. And people are like, all right, well, shit, I can get drafted from the Ivy League. I may as well go get this degree now too. You know what I'm saying? Princeton had uh, Jalen Llewellyn, who was a top 100 kid. You know what I'm saying? So I was, you know, want to ask people because um, obviously, like I said, it wasn't like a popular thing. I feel like now it's a little bit more accepted and it's a little more normalized for people to kind of go – not only just Ivy League or HBCU, but like just anywhere mid-major now with the NBA, you know, being able to get picked from anywhere and stuff like that. Um, I wanted to ask you this about kind of your time at Yale because we had a, a dope convo with Meech about this last week. And she mentioned kind of uh, about her experience in being a black athlete at Yale and how a lot of times, you know, people will see you and be like, oh, well, you only got in the Yale because you were an athlete, you know, not because you were actually smart and it was kind of um, an isolating experience, especially obviously being African-American at a PWI as well. Um, when you look back at your time at Yale, you know, what was your time? What was your experience like, excuse me, um, as an athlete, as a black athlete, you know, at a PWI, at an Ivy League institution, you know, all those things kind of coming into to one entity. Like, what was your experience like when you reflect back on it at Yale? 
Yeah. Um, well, for me, there was a little culture shock, right? Like being from Charlotte, the South, uh, the the race relations of the South, way different than the relations in, in Connecticut, right? So throwing myself in, yeah, 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 TJ knows. Um, throwing myself in that new environment was like, okay, for one, I got to adjust to like, just Yale, right? And then I got to add all the the intricacies and nuances that ha- come with being Black at a PWI. So, um, but I, I will say, like, the same way I carried myself in high school was the same at, at, at Yale. Like, I knew a lot of people. I was, I, I guess I was, you know, popular or whatever, like, friend of everybody, but I had a really tight circle. Um, and I was looking to replicate that at Yale, which is why I, you know, pledged Alpha and and went that route because I wanted like genuine connections with people that you know cared about the things that I cared about. So I was definitely in the mix. Don't get me wrong, I was in the mix. But as far as like <laughs> who my people were and who my circle was, it was like my team. And then yeah, my my end of end of freshman year was like looking for that uh, black fraternity route. So. So I gotta I gotta ask, man. Obviously, I think this wasn't even a planned question. I was I was gonna originally pivot from it, but I think you know you you teed it up perfectly. So um the frat I'm Tiger Woods out here, hey. Perfectly, man. And, uh, like the frat. So obviously, like I like I mentioned in the intro, you know, me and you are both, you know, alphas and shout out to the chapter. Um and you know, reflecting back on kind of my whole thought process and decision for Alpha, it was like when I came to college, I wasn't looking to join a fraternity at all. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't even on my radar. I didn't even really know what fraternities and sororities were. Um, and especially being an athlete, bro, it's like, man, I, I got to focus on basketball and get into the league and like, I don't got time to do anything extra. And um, as I kind of got older and, you know, started going out, being outside a little bit, one of my best, well, she's my ex, but she's like one of my best friends now. She's an AKA at Temple. I started seeing what she was like, oh, what's the D9? And, um, it was crazy, man. When I first talked to Ty, he told me that, that there was a basketball player, like, you know, in the chapter. I was like, wait, is a D1 Hooper who's also an alpha who, who's done this experience? Like, it's crazy, bro. And I feel like immediately I was like, damn, bro, I got to try to, like, talk to this dude, like, see what, like, you know what I'm saying, pick his brain, bro. So, for, and I remember one of the biggest things that I think held me back from it was like, all right, how is this going to affect my basketball career? Like, trying to, you know, play, trying to, to now five training corporates, non-pledging, non-hazing organization, you know, want to get that out there. But um, just everything, going through that process, how is it going to take away from basketball, right? So for you, I, I want to ask you, you came before me as far as, like, you know, the whole, the chapter goes. And obviously, we have profiles that have played basketball and things like that. But how did you kind of weigh that, man? Because I can't, I can't think about it, what it's like for me at Quinnipiac. It's like, bro, you was at Yale, bro, trying to keep up with the the work, the basketball, and then you're adding a frat on top of that. Like, you know, what made you want to be like, you know, what, I'm going to go ahead and, and and give this a shot and, and you know, join a fraternity, you know what I'm saying? Especially at a school like Yale where it wasn't really much of a D9 presence, so you've seen it a lot, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of want to just open up the floor for you to kind of just share your perspective, you know, on, on that whole thought process. Yeah, it's funny. Some, some days I look up, like, today, and I'll be like, why do I take the hardest path just to do anything? Like I, I feel like whatever the most difficult thing is, I just have a natural attraction to like, you know, conquering it. I don't know why, bro. So I, I would throw that into into that bucket as well. Um, 
but I guess the purpose behind it is like, if you can do that, you can do anything, right? Like I have just big goals for what I want my life to look like. And I know it's hard work. So sometimes it's kind of like pressure testing myself to see what I can do and what, what my limits are. And if I can get through it, I, I can do whatever else. Everything else is easy. So uh, outside of the community and the brotherhood uh, that comes with it, it was really like, okay, how many people have done it? Not a lot. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and, and you just say you're going to finish and, and, and just, you know, get things done. That's, that's really it. Copy the, the the hooping apes, man. You know what I'm saying? Any any chapter on the East Coast? The hooping oh, apes. It's crazy. Yeah, two on two, <laughs> ducking. Uh, yeah, we. You know what I'm saying head taps. Head taps. I'm not gonna lie. The hooping apes sound like an act in like the circus, bro. I'm not gonna lie. The whoa, hooping whoa. apes <laughs> coming from the. could have, bro. You could have just oh. been like the hooping alphas, like, and it would have been cool. <laughs> Man, listen, I'm gonna I'm I'm let that rock for now, but you know, listen, you want to get one more strike, and this will be your last episode on once again. Oh, you know, wow, it's all facts. <laughs> hey, man, <laughs> hey, um, like you were talking about getting out of Yale, so like just to sort of switch up the tempo, I was going to ask you about sort of like transition out of Yale. I just want to ask you like a couple quick questions, and then like that'll set us up before we get into the next point. So I did this with Meech, and I sort of like I just did this or that with Meech, so she just gave me one word answers. Just this or that is is nothing crazy. We'll start off slow, we'll start off small, then we work our way up. So the first one we we'll start off slow. If you or your sister could make the lead, looking back now, which one of y'all would you pick to make the lead? I'm picking myself. I'm picking me. Hey, forget who dreams, man. I'm there. <laughs> Girl, but you, you already said you said you made summer league and you know you could average seven in the league, so you good. You don't need nothing else. <laughs> I'm picking me. <laughs> that's nasty. All right. So if you put on that's crazy. I can't even get past it. All right. So you a big fit guy, you throwing on a fit. All right. So you got the perfect fit. What's more important? Great kicks or great accessories? Hmm. Hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with great pants, not great accessory. Great pants. I'm not really a shoe guy no more. Like I got my rotation, but you throw on some pants. That's like, where did you get those from? It sets off the fit. So sorry, that's my okay. answer. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Now, if you can only pick G League or overseas professional hooping, which one you picking? Now that's tough. That's really tough because they both have their pros. Uh, can I answer why after? Can I answer why? Yeah, well, I'll take this why. I need this why. I'm picking overseas. I'm picking overseas. If it's if it's just G or just overseas, I'm going overseas. I, I was in Denmark for the people listening to the pod. I loved it. Like I love new cultures, new experiences, being able to travel and see the world. And it's the G you be in uh Lakeland, Florida, and Greensboro, North Carolina. You're not in Copenhagen, right? So it's it's yeah, I'm going I'm going overseas. Do you feel like your experience overseas was like Better and just in terms of like the fan atmosphere, the culture, all of that. Do you feel like it was better overseas? Yeah, all that. Like you the go-to guy in the fourth quarter. Fans know you, the people in the town know you, you could travel. Um all yeah, all the above. And the G is cool because you know you're close to, to that next level and you get that sort of you know resume boost, but uh it's nothing like playing overseas with a good club and you being a good player. All right, it's sort of going to like go coincide with that one. 
would you rather cross country road trip across the United States or would you rather backpack Europe? Mm. That's tough. I'm going with backpacking. I can't I can't do the long road trips, man. It's 10 hours is and I'm done. <laughs> like I'm tapped out for 10 hours. So yeah. All right. As a content creator, you rather rock on TikTok or you rather rock on IG? Oh, <laughs> you go get this to me. Uh, I'm gonna go with TikTok, man. I'm, I'm gonna go with TikTok. And, and can I side note story on this? I just realized this the other day. It's crazy. I was one of the first pro basketball players to build a presence on TikTok. Like, period. That's a crazy statement. Like, I didn't think about it at the time, but if you check the receipts. <laughs> I was one of the first. Uh, so that's kind of how I got started because uh, someone from TikTok corporate was using my account as the the gold standard to onboard all the pro athletes she was working with. So if Tom Brady is joining TikTok, and maybe not Tom Brady, but, you know, if, if the pro basketball player is joining TikTok, she was using my account as like, this is a good example of how to be a pro athlete and a, and a content creator. So that was really dope. Was that, do you feel like that was sort of like a result of like the quarantine boom, like over that time when you were just probably like just pushing out content? Like, do you feel like that's pretty much where that came from? Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I wanted to be a Vine guy. Like, I missed the wave with Vine. <laughs> uh, I made a couple and they did okay, but the consistency wasn't there. And I really didn't care. I was kind of too young as well. Uh, but once I got to post it on TikTok, I saw some similarities and I was like, okay, let me position myself. Uh, so yeah, when we, when y'all was grabbing toilet paper, I was posting every day. <laughs> oh, man, that's I know, man. All right. So last one, since you're now sort of like into like the influence of it is basically sort of where you are now. Do you feel like I don't know if he likes calling himself an influencer or not. Like, you know, everybody doesn't like the term. So like, would you rather have impact or influence? Impact, a thousand percent, a thousand percent. Uh, I would rather have a consistent fifty thousand views, fifty two hundred thousand views of like engaged, great overlap as far as my message and the audience that's receiving it, than than going viral and and surface level influencing a lot of people. Give me impact for sure. Yeah. That's a perfect segue, man, into our, our next, our next, um, you know, topic. And I think you, you, first of all, what you said is facts as far as like, uh, when we were buying toilet paper, you was on TikTok and I'll never forget, bro. I feel like I've been kicking myself to this day, man, because my boy T Phil's tried to tell me to get on TikTok during the quarantine wave. Well, I was like, bro, I'm not, damn, I'm not getting on that app and dancing, right? I ain't about to get up there and, and shuck his jaw. I ain't about to do that, but. <laughs> I was too, I was like, I didn't really know what TikTok was about. And I, honestly, this is this, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like TikTok has evolved because when people were first on TikTok, people it was like Vine. People just up there doing trends and doing weird stuff. And now it's kind of evolved to people are really using it to like tell stories and like whatever. But Trey, he had to wave, you know, early on, man. Um, but I think you said something that I want to ask you about when you talked about you were one of the first athletes to kind of build a platform on TikTok. And um, pro, pro athlete, pro athlete, yeah, um, and like I feel like we talked about this a little bit with, with Kyle Allman and with the whole YouTube thing, but I feel like with pro athletes, bro, 
it's like this stigma of like, number one, it's like, all right, I can't do content because it's going to take me away from my game. Number one. Number two is I don't want to, I'm not about to sit there and like record myself, like doing something, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's weird. That's cool. Like, <laughs> how did you get over that initially to not even go viral, just to get into content and to tell yourself like, all right, like I'm about to post a joint on my TikTok and I don't care if I look silly, you know what I'm saying? Or I don't care if people think I'm not, not I don't care if people don't, don't think I'm locked in, but I know what I'm locked into my craft as far as getting in the gym. Like, how did you kind of navigate that initially? When you're first getting into the content, yeah, you gotta you gotta hit one of these. You gotta, <laughs> well, you gotta, do it. you gotta just see it. But uh, no, nah, really, like that's really how I felt. I just, you know, just, you know, just trying to like, like I'm not getting getting my uh, setup shots right. Uh, yeah, bro, that's a great question. I will say it got a lot easier once I got my first brand deal, because then I could I could say. Is TikTok paying you right? Like so, I, I kind of that was my defense. But right. the insecurity of like I'm on this this app that is not known for what I'm trying to use it for, right? Like I was really forward thinking. I I feel like when I was posting, I was still saying what the app looks like today. It just wasn't as many data points to for people to pick up on what I was saying. Um, like even my agent, he told me this like a month or two ago. He was like, "Yeah, bro, I can't lie. When you started posting, I was like, oh, he's a, <laughs> he's a goner. Like he he's out of there." So uh it's it's tough man I think it goes back to just like what do you stand for as a as a man and you know I have my you know a couple months where I was being silly but early on I was like bet I'm gonna talk about this this and this and it's gonna impact these type of people and at the end of the day like if, if you making fun of me or whatever then at some point you look goofy calling me out for trying to impact the younger generation is just this is how I'm going about it so, but yeah, it comes, don't get me wrong. Like you gonna catch the, the, the jokes, like people got their jokes off and you just got to wear it because you got to know, like, look, you know what you're working towards. So yeah, it just comes with the territory of doing like anything worth doing. You're going to catch some heat. So. So at the end of the day, you just felt like your impact was just worth like wearing those jokes, just wearing those jokes, just sort of became like a badge of honor because you knew you were doing something that was essentially way bigger than you or it's something that would transcend for younger generations yeah and you got to understand everybody's not gonna like see your vision like period you can feel insecure about it stop doing it but then then you quit so it's like all right uh, i know what i'm doing it for and you got to just have tunnel vision bro it's funny you you did a little, little uh because <laughs> you would know how many times bro I'll be I'll be somewhere with like even and it's crazy because I feel like that was then in 2020. We're in 2023 now where everybody's everybody's doing some form of content. But I feel yeah, like this today it's still not like except the quote unquote. I'll be somewhere with my teammates. I'll pull up my phone, I'll be like, oh, here you go. Here comes the content creator. I'll be like, dang, <laughs> bro, like <laughs> let me live, bro. And I feel like it's 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 even now, bro. It's crazy. I I'll see dudes that will like you know, start doing content, you know, or like, but then they'll stop or people, you know what I'm saying? I feel like it's still even today, like not really accepted yet as far as from an athlete's perspective and like being more than an athlete, people trying to be on the gram and like, I'm going to go post a little hoop and flick. I don't want to post, you know, reels or whatever. Like, I think what, 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 I guess advice or what message would you take to that hooper out there, man, or that football player out there or athlete, man, who might have a, a idea or 
you know, uh, uh, um, might want to get into content creation, man, but just kind of scared to kind of get over that home and put themselves out there. Like, what, what, what advice would you kind of get to them to, you know, take that next step? Yeah, I think one thing that I've learned as of late, like, if you're going to do something, stand on it. <laughs> stand on it, double down, because then, like, when you do something from a place of, like, I'm confident in myself and what I'm doing, people stop, people really stop questioning. Like, they like, oh, that's just who he is. That whole authenticity, that unapologeticness goes a long way. And then people start supporting you. People start rocking with you. Like, you cuss the jokes because they secretly wish they had the confidence to do what you're doing. But if you let that get to you and you start shying away, they're going to see that. And it's like they smell blood in the water. They're going to, you know, keep getting their jokes off. So if you're going to do it, 10 toes down, like triple down on it. Because, uh, yeah, a year of consistency, you could be in a whole different place. And then it's funny, people that I was getting jokes off two years later, it's like, how I clipped this reel together. Uh, <laughs> like, how I had the on-screen text. You know, I remember you was talking about on-screen text back in twenty. <laughs> Like, nah, 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 you trying to hear me, but, you know, it, it comes with the territory, so, yeah. Yeah, but that's why I be risen the way I do. Like, when I riz and, like, it don't go that way, I just, like, 2X. Because, like, if I stand on it, like, they at least going to respect it, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all we got for you. <laughs> um, hey, but, like, just, just sort of on that same wave, like, when it came to, like, you trying to just, like, level up your content, at what point did you start to really see like the sort of like the long term and like when you start to secure brand deals, like how was that? And then furthermore, how like how did you go on once you got your first one? How did you go on and building your second one and sort of starting to look for brand deals? How did you sort of start to really acquire them? Yeah, um, I credit that to just saying like this is a personal thing. Like if, if I'm going to do something, I want to do it at the top point one percentile, like better than anybody else. So I took that energy and my first brand deal was actually Gatorade. Like it wasn't a lot of creators on the platform in the sports niche. So they, you know, they saw me, reached out to me and I spent like 40 hours filming a 20 second video, right? Like switching locations and editing and pay people to like help me produce it and do all that. Think about like literally a day and a half for like a 20 some second video. And it was just that first impression of like, oh, this guy is gonna represent our brand to the highest tier. We have no choice but to come back to him. Like we're not gonna find anybody else that can tell the brand story, how Trey can tell the brand story. So every time I get a brand deal, I try and come with that energy of like, I'm not just doing it to get a check. I'm doing it to to be the best person you've ever worked with and they keep coming back, so. Just like, just like you spoken, like just being the best, like at one point, or has there ever been a point where you look like, bro, like, do you ever look at it like, man, how did I go from trying to be the best super to like trying to be the best, like social influencer? I could be like, do you ever have those moments? And you're like, bro, like, how did, how did I end up in this situation? Like, how did I end up in this spot? Uh, yeah, kind of. I mean, for one, I think I always like, I was always editing pictures and, and videos. Um, Like me and me and Derek, actually. <laughs> Me and uh me and Derek used to do imitation hour on IG. So what we would do is it was like it was like once a year, like twice a year, we would take people's Instagram flicks and recreate them. Like the goof. So it'd be people just, you know, the ones where they'd be on their model and we would just recreate it to a T and do goofy stuff on socials, like just cause. 
or just making videos just to send to like Snapchat, like overproducing, like drawing art on the Snapchat and being like an astronaut, but it's just like me in the, in the bathroom, like with a space suit on. Stupid stuff, bro. So, I mean, that part was like always there. And I think once I realized it was a stream of, of income and I could actually make a living from it, I've always had the same like vision for what my life will look like. And basketball just happened to be the the most clear way to do it. And then social media and then like, you know, the, the pushing like the tech that, you know, what I'm doing my startup. So the the vision for my life has always been the same. It's just it's different means this time. And I'm OK with making that flip. It was crazy, man. I feel like our, our brains is really like on the same wavelength right now. Cause again, man, you just ah, you throwing the lob coming in like like Braun and D Wade right now, man. So you know, pivoting to the the startup, man, and, and Jimbo. Um, before we get into Jimbo and, and you know what that is and everything like that, it's crazy, man. Because like you know, on, on a serious note, one thing I really respect about you is that like when you have an idea, like you execute it. And you put it to like whether it's content, whether it's Jimbo, whether it's anything like you know what I'm saying doing the G League thing. Like you, when you have something in your brain, it's like you know how to take the steps to put it into place. You know, I feel like there are so many people, and we call our group chat the barbershop, right? How many barbershops do you think there are around the country where people have these amazing ideas? Dang, bro, like what if there was this out there? Dang, we should do this. Everybody has a dope idea, bro. You know what I'm saying? There's so many ideas, but they never come to fruition because not everybody can actually put a plan together and execute it and make it come to life. So for you, like you had this great idea, you know, to 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 build, you know, the next, you know, Airbnb of of basketball spaces and things like that. Like, and we're gonna, I, I, I said, I'm gonna get to that in a second. But for you, talk me through the steps where you had the idea and you actually was like, all right, bet we're actually gonna build on this and make this a reality as opposed to letting this idea just float in in the group chat for however long yeah yeah man i can't even lie to you bro like for one for one as a guy like uh, i was just in the right place at the right time like i had just gotten waived from windy city chicago bulls g league um shout out to bull bull the pj Dozier. They got traded over. They got traded over for a little minute. So they was like, all right, bro, you got to you gotta get off. So <laughs> I was back home in Charlotte. And usually I train at my high school. But for the first time, it was like November. Winter sports was in session. So I couldn't work out at Charlotte Christian. So it was the first time I had to actually see what the Charlotte athletic facility scene even looked like. Um, hitting up park and rec, finding warehouses and stuff. And the process of like engaging with these business owners and seeing how they tried to engage with the community, it was felt broken. And I was like, you know what, I need to fix this just for Charlotte. So for that one time in the summer when, you know, we can't find this place or can't engage with this venue, there's a platform for just to make it really easy. Um, so we've grown since then. But to answer your question, uh, bro, I had the vision for it. I couldn't fall asleep the whole night. Like I was just up. Uh, and I think one thing that has helped me execute is for one, being okay with not knowing how to get to that end goal and, and finding like a, a real tangible step to get there. So I had no idea what an app looked like. I had no idea what building software looked like. I just Googled it and, and YouTubed and I learned about the small steps. So it's like the next step that was tangible was it's called wireframing. And basically that just means you draw out like every single page of a, of a app. Like you just, this is what that page looks like. Then you click that button. What does that page look like? You just kind of take what's on the phone and, and put it on paper. 
So I wireframed the joint. And then I learned about like digital wire, like making that paper, like virtual wireframes, then you can click it and the whole screen changes. So it's like little tangible steps like that. Um, and just constantly like finding that next step. Cause a lot of people turn around when they get that hurdle, that seems too big. And they're like, oh dang, I got to climb this wall. And it was a good run, but like <laughs> keep showing up and you keep learning. Like eventually you knock it down. So yeah. But outside of that, man, just, just being blessed to be in the right place at the right time and and provided the resources and, and combine that with hustle, right? Like faith and works. Uh, so that's what I attribute it to. And you started right there to sort of like dive into Jimbo, but like just give us like an overview of like what Jimbo is and like really like in your terms, I feel like nobody can really truly explain it as well as like you can explain like what Jimbo is and like what the idea going forward is for Jimbo. Yeah, so Jimbo is a business management software for personal trainers and fitness or athletic facilities. So whether you're a basketball trainer or you're a basketball trainer that owns their own venue, um, we make it extremely easy to run your business, uh, manage your finances, manage team members, and we make it even easier for the community to to book and pay for the experiences that you provide. Yeah, so, that was, uh, yeah. I was about to say, that was... That you had a whole elevator pitch. <laughs> you, know, you practice that, or you said that a bunch of times. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. I thought like that's that's amazing, man. So obviously, like you said, you want to start it in, in Charlotte, and um, you know you guys got a, a, a pretty good team going right now. Um, you guys are just got invited, or I don't know if it's invited, but uh, into the the, the Tech Stars program. Um, you know, just talk to us about you know the 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 the. I guess the excitement, man. I feel like as as a brother, man, I'm I'm excited for for Jimbo, man, and, and big, what's man. Up, you know what I'm saying, and the things that you've been able to do. Because one, I've been able to see how you stuck with it over the years and how it's grown over the years, and now you guys are at a point where you guys are ready to launch. You know what I'm saying? So for you, man, what does the next you know five years look like for Jimbo? You know, if you could say, all right, you know, this is where I want the company it looked like in five years and this is what we can expect you know come from us going forward we just got the tech stars program we're gonna come out that joint and it's going to the moon like what does that look like for for Jimbo yeah just to use like the hoop analogy right to keep it just on brand uh getting accepted in the tech stars it feels like getting a, a d1 offer that you know you want to commit to I can't lie so I'm smiling because it brings that same level of like wow a program believes in me they're gonna invest in me they're going to give us the platform and the resources to make it to the league. So the first year and a half, two years of our Jimbo startup journey uh, was like high school hoops. Right. And and now I would say we're in college. So we have everything we need to get to that next level. It's just us. It's on us to put the work in and execute. Uh, but yeah, man, Techstars is crazy. It's, it's really all about relationships. So every day we get a chance to and it's a three month program. So we're in uh, like week seven right now. Um, but every day we get a chance to to speak to people who have been there and done that. Like uh, last month, I was chopping it with the, the founder of Go GoFundMe on a boat. <laughs> like, so so what do you think about this? Like, how'd you do that? Like, literally, the dude who made GoFundMe, he just giving free game. Um, well, it's not free because we had to give up a piece of jumble to get in. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, uh, just just genuine. Like, just I'm thankful. Like that's. That's really it, that someone took a chance on us and, you know, we got that offer and we're not going to embarrass them 
Um, and we're going to make them glad that they, they brought us into this cohort for uh, winter 23. And this is um sort of like a broader question, but you started sort of speak on like your journey into the entrepreneurship space. So what do you feel like as an athlete hindered you when you got into the entrepreneurship space and what as an athlete helped you once you got into the entrepreneurship space? That's a great question. There is, there's only 24 hours in a day. And, and this is when I knew it was time to like decide, right? I forget two careers. I had three careers, pro Uber content creator and startup co-founder like at once. And I knew it was time to to move on from hoops when I was like, if I looked at my seven days, I'd pick a day to be like, who do I want to be on Monday and Tuesday, and Wednesday, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym, go hard on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then Monday and Friday, I'm making content and Thursday, Jimbo or whatever. Um, so I'd say uh, a hindrance was like, there's just not enough hours. If you want to do something dope, like you got to give it the hours that it deserves to get to that next level. Um, so not enough hours in a day. And then the things that helped, uh, adversity, working as a team, having that North star, uh, defining success, not comparing yourself, like the list can go on. And I'm going to drop the rest of that list on my Instagram at T Phil. Yeah. The last piece on that is like, Bro, there's so many parallels, dog. And like, I'm just going to turn that into content. And there's a million plus people that want to get to the level I was in basketball and business. So if you can package that into like a 60 second or 30 second video, you got yourself something to work with. And that's kind of my whole MO right now. So I just got to I got to follow up because you sort of you sort of started talking about something else I want to ask you about, which is it's crazy. I don't know. He's doing all the hard work. He's, I'm telling you, Trey's well, doing all the hard took work. my whole first question about retirement <laughs> and how you knew to put the ball down. I'm like, damn. Yeah, I'm in the trenches. <laughs> which is it's sort of it's sort of losing the same point. But like when you started when you started to sort of stop pursuing basketball, did it become a question of like this is no longer working for me? This is taking too long to get to where I want to get to. Or did it become to a point of this thing is no longer serving me? And how did you know the difference between those two? Yeah, I think there's a little bit of realism mixed in that I have. I think I have a, I'm very optimistic, but I know how to keep it real and, and read the room. Um, so like I'm 26. There's people that make it to the league age 27, 28, like 27, 28 year old rookies, right? Rookies in the NBA. Um, I could have had a great overseas career. But that's when I felt like, okay, do I want a great overseas career? So it was a little bit of realism of like, all right, my window to be a to be a, a rookie in the NBA might be closing. But I knew that wasn't the end of my pro basketball journey. So um, I was willing to to kind of chase that and and explore both worlds. But the thought of going back to a to a six eight hour time difference and running Jimble, that's when I was like, all right, it is it is now my opportunity cost when I go over there is is crazy and I can't afford to to lose out on, you know, time. So uh yeah, it was a little bit of realism on window, but still just knowing when it's time to to move on. Um I think that's kind of a perfect, you know, perfect way to kind of I guess describe it. I think, you know, last week we were talking about this with Meech, just about like, so she's in the obviously the medical field, right? And she's out there 
you know, y'all yelling is different because she out here doing cancer research while playing professional <laughs> trying to prepare herself to be a doctor. And we had a conversation just centered around like, all right, like, you know, when is it kind of, I guess, too late to start something, right? Like if you're a professional soccer player, you know, for her, right? She's already knowing in her mind, she has eight years before she can be a doctor. You got four years of medical school, four years of residency. So it's like in your in your mind, you're doing a constant math equation, right? You're like, all right, bet. Well, I'm going to play soccer till I'm 30. Then I got eight years of medical school. So that means I'm going to be a doctor when I'm 38. You know what I'm saying? And like um, me, for example, being in the media and trying to get into that space fully, you know, you got guys like Tank starting at ESPN at 21. You know what I'm saying? And I'm here. I'm 26. I'm like, damn, if I play 10 years, I'll be 35, 36 trying to get my foot in the door at ESPN or whatever the case may be. He's 15 years in. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's the constant thing you have to weigh when it comes to being a professional athlete who has aspirations outside of basketball, right? So for you, was it more so of, did you kind of have, have to deal with that as well and kind of weigh that as far as, all right, how long, you know, do I want to play basketball and do this Jimbo thing? Was it ever, because I feel like, and this is obviously the the highest level, but you got LeBron, right? You see LeBron who's playing basketball, he's 38. And he got, you know, Spring Hill, uninterrupted. All these, obviously he has a billions of dollars and he has a team running these things. But I feel like in my mind, I'm like, I can do everything. I can hoop. I can run this business. I can be a content creator. I can do this podcast, right? Like, you know, for you, how did you kind of weigh all those things? And I guess, like you mentioned, man, time, right? Like, how did you kind of balance time in, in, in your mind of, all right, well, am I missing my window? Can I potentially miss out on an opportunity while I'm pursuing this, you know, basketball thing? Or even on the flip side, could I fuck around and, and mess up an opportunity with the league? I could, I, could, I could potentially be in the league, right? You seen last year in the G League, you got all these guys getting these 10-day harsh waivers. You in the league. You in the league. And it's like, damn, did I quit too early to do content creation or gym bull? And it's like, I know that's a very long uh, kind of monologue, but, you know, how did you kind of weigh all those things, man, in, in your mind from both sides, you know? Yeah, that's 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 real. <clears throat> um, so I think there's a point when you realize, like, there's – I can Trey, – Trey Fields can work but so hard and not be able to open a door, but then God will just snap his fingers and, and now you got that opportunity that you couldn't have even – muscled your way into uh so I feel like you pair that with like knowing there's momentum and there's windows of opportunity to take advantage of and it's just one of those things where you got to just trust like you trust the things that you can control like I I can't even really I never really thought like oh um like like oh if I if I I stopped and if I would have kept going I would have been in the league or or, or like flip it if I would have um, like kept hooping then you know Jimbo might be like things just happened and I just controlled like what I could control that's kind of a weird way of saying it but uh, it really just comes back to like just trusting like the opportunity you could keep hooping for the next 10 years make a relationship and get you to the same spot that TJ went with his route like you might just go on the back route and um, yeah I don't know I feel like I've always been like a late bloomer but I know when it's time to take advantage of moments and this was just like a decision it was kind of like shoot like God lobbed it up and he was like now it's time I thought Jimbo's time was a year earlier but then I had a whole year to like get more patient and learn about myself 
Um, so yeah, man, just trusting the journey and and not really tripping over what you think the window is to do the thing you want to do. That's the gym right there. <laughs> Yeah, man, we gotta look drop some uh, diamonds in the chat. You gotta diamonds have in the chat. <laughs> diamonds in the shop. Really though, you y'all be killing me because I'll be thinking it's a bar, and I look at, I look at Drew. He, he just like <laughs> he just soaking it in. I'm like in both spirit right now. Let let him let him cook. Let him cook. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah drop that <laughs> in there. I appreciate it, man. But no, nah, that's that's me just you know working through it. These are good questions I haven't really said out loud or. You know, we might have put it in the chat, but it's it's different on the pod. Sure. Um, kind of on that same, on that same, you know, on that same street, we could say. Um, man, I feel like just knowing you, um, you've always been a guy who who has had a vision outside of the game of basketball. You know what I'm saying? And obviously, you know, watching you progress through your career and literally speak it into existence when it comes to the G League and and you know, getting to work out with the Hornets and summer league, you know what I'm saying? You literally like are able to like manifest these things and, and you literally are probably the, the gold standard, right? As somebody who's used the game, people always say use the game, what the game use you, right? When you look back on your basketball career, it, it's crazy to even say look back, you know what I'm saying? Cause we were just hooping in the gym, literally COVID summer, getting the ones in, you know what I'm saying? Like when you look back on your basketball career, like, how will you sum it up, right? Like, you know, do you feel like you reached the the your goals? Do you feel like you got to the level that little Trey, when we talk about, you know, little Trey back <clears throat> when you were in Charlotte and looking up to your dad hooping, like, you know, when you look at where you are now and, you know, where you started, how will you reflect on your basketball career and the journey? Yeah, <clears throat> that's, a, that's a great uh, point. I mean, I, I did everything I wanted to do, like at every level, um, you know, big college game, big overseas game, you know, solid progress. It's crazy because I got this sticky note on my uh on my bathroom at my mom's crib. Um and like I'm I'm out the crib for everybody listening to that. I'm out the <laughs> crib, man. Thank God. But uh no, it, it says like successful pro career, like as like a goal. And I was there cleaning something out and I'm like, dang, like well, the pro career is over. Like, was it successful or not? Like, and, and I can't look back and say, like, there was any failures. There was hurdles, but I would say it's a successful pro career just from, like, a me doing what I wanted to do and then blazing the opportunity for the people that played after me at my high school and my college. Like, I still get words of encouragement, like, man, y'all y'all boys did it. So that's that's successful to me, it sounds like. Yeah, I love how, like, you're – your definition of success is not like a synopsis of like accomplishments or achievements or any awards or anything. It's just more so a mutual feeling of like, I did everything that was like capable in front of me. And like, now I can sit back and like be at peace with my decision or be at peace with what I wanted to achieve. And that doesn't have anything to do with like bringing home a trophy, just all has to do with like the intuition, the feeling that you have within yourself. Oh yeah. I'm, gl I'm really glad you say that. Cause that's a huge piece of it. I sleep great at night. Cause I know, I gave every ounce, like 30 more hours a week in the gym would not have got me any more opportunity. I'll stand on that. Like, <laughs> you know, the extra hundred shots, I don't think would have would have opened the doors that I wanted to open. I maxed out my body, my energy, my work. So when it was time to be done, I ain't been in the gym. <laughs> like I've been chilling because I gave it everything and I went so hard. So 
Yeah. Um, that's, that's a huge part of why I felt like it was successful because I didn't quit or, or cheat the grind. Damn. That's the reason why I know it was successful. Cause I didn't quit or cheat the grind. That's a gem right there. And I, and I think a lot of people can learn from that as well, man, because I feel like whether it's basketball, whether it's content creation, whether it's entrepreneurship, man, it's like, there's so many things that people can accomplish just by staying the course, right? You don't got to be the most talented. You don't got to be the smartest. You don't got to even have the best idea a lot of times. A lot of times you have to withstand the test of time and continue to put that work in and be consistent. And you and that'll get you farther than, you know, working hard or, or whatever the case may be. Sometimes, obviously, you got to put the work in 100%. But I guess the last thing I'll ask you on, on retirement before we get into, you know, a little bit of barbershop talk is this next phase. And I know you got your 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 Instagram series that you're rolling out, so I ain't gonna steal your thunder, man. But I feel like as an athlete, right, we're always competing. You know, there's always I want to be the best athlete. You know, I'm gonna go in and, and I'm gonna punch the clock and I'm gonna get these 200 shots in, and I want to make you know 75 percent of the jump shots that I shoot when I'm working out or whatever. How will you try and keep that competitive edge in this next phase of of life beyond sports? Because I feel like a lot of times athletes, you know, you know talking about Kobe Bryant, you know, God rest his soul. <clears throat> he always used to say, like, I don't even want to be known for basketball. Like, I want to be known for what I'm going to do next. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, he will always say, like, you know, he got – when he won that Academy Award for his short story, it's like, yo, like, this is one of my greatest achievements, you know? People are like, what? Like, you a five-time NBA champ. Like, what you mean? You know what I'm saying? Um, so for you, right, like, you know, how will you – I will trade the entrepreneur, you know, trade the content creator, you know, keep that competitive edge and, you know, look to, I guess, grow this next story of your life, you know, outside of the game of basketball. Yeah, that's, that's really good. I think it goes back to the whole impact thing, right? Like short form content on TikTok and IG reels just happens to be the vehicle, right? Like I might, bust out a documentary and be at Sundance Film Festival, right? Like, I just, I have, like, a story to tell. I have something to say. And this is just how I'm currently saying it. Uh, and then on the entrepreneur side is, like, uh, if I can, something that started in my head and to the paper in the bedroom, if that joint is at Hornets Arena, right, the Jimbo logo is going to be on the Hornets Arena one day. And I think that's going to be dope, too, is, like, just seeing it come into fruition, that's enough. For me, that's what I'm motivated by. It's not really the bread, um, but it's just like creating something and and having some stand power with what you did. So, and then you tie it together and, and tell your story, and then somebody learns from it. And that's that's what life is, right? <laughs> it's crazy. Damn. You see, this this why he be doing numbers on the socials, bro. Because everything he talk about is his real life, bro. It's authentic, bro. There's no yeah. cap in his rap. Yeah. Yeah, I I can only I can see now the. The Jimbo Center, Jimbo Arena. Yeah, that's it right there. Facts, <laughs> Nah, man. But like I said, man, uh, I think that this is this has been great. You know, on the on the whole, just kind of bringing it full circle. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, I think that obviously I'm I'm super excited to see where you go next in your journey, man. Um, like I said, man, we can't get about it here before I without having some 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 barbershop talk. You know what I'm saying? Some 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 uh. Some good chit chat, man. So I want to ask you, man. Number one, you know, a lot of times, you know, we 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 go back and forth all the time about you know you know music, clothes, and stuff like that, man. You know, fashion. Who would you say is the drippiest 
in the barbershop. You know what I'm saying? Who 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 got the most swag? You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. You want me to start with who is not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's start with that. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, no, let's start with that. That's gonna be hot, yo. Put them out. Put them out. All right, all right. I'm gonna gonna give. I'm gonna give a. uh, I'm gonna give a top three, and then I'm. I'm gonna give. Well, I'm I'm gonna say in no order. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say in no order, man. Say no order. Myself, of course. (laughs) I'm up there. I'm up there. But wait, hold on. Are they going best or worst? This is best. No order. This is best. This is best. No order. I'm gonna put myself in the mix. Like I really be chilling. I, this is what I be in. But when it's time to step, when it's time to step, it's a difference. Then I feel like my my peak is the highest in the chat. What is Jordan versus LeBron? Overall body of work. It feels like a Jordan versus LeBron debate. We going peak. So look, if no one, no one else in the chat was at New York Fashion Week, look, people's what you got on, what you got on. So I, look, I would put my peak up here, but look, I don't be there every day. So like, I, I don't know. Okay. Uh, we're gonna go with most consistent stepper, most consistent stepper. That's that's an important award. I'm gonna give it to Drew. I can't lie, Drew be he be getting okay. them all. He be getting them all. Sleeper <laughs> sleeper stepper. Hmm. It's between Dalen and TJ. It's between Dalen. Dalen. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, Dalen. Wow. Dar- is gonna be mad. He's gonna be on my head for this. But <laughs> hey, if if you beat me and Dalo, and me and Dalo don't even be posting like flicks or anything like that, so that's that's a crazy. Hey, Derek, do we have in pieces though? They're just Jared just dressed like he most deaf. <laughs> like he just be putting pieces on together. But he be having in pieces. Facts. All right, so I like that. I like that. I like that. I'm 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 glad I'm in the top three. You know, no, you know what I'm saying? No, no shame there. Um, and I give a shout out to like I said, we, we mentioned Derek a couple of times, man. Favorite, no matter of fact, we I'm I'm gonna ask Tank and I'm gonna ask Trey. Give me your uh top three favorite uh Scotty Four Seasons tracks. And if y'all know Scotty Four Seasons, man, make sure we're gonna we gonna give my boy a plug, man. Go stream his music, the hottest artist out of Charlotte, you know what I'm saying, over the baby. Over, over all that, you know what I'm saying? Top three favorite uh, Scotty Four Seasons songs, man. Out of, out of Carolina, for real. That's what they that's what they saying. Straight up. I'm going to pull up my liked, my liked me, song. Yeah, I'm about to say, let me hit it. Uh, Scotty, I'll probably say Seasons Change. I like when I like when Scotty getting like the, the smooth bag, like when he be talking. Scotty getting a little bag, and it's like Don Tolliver or something. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that bad be going. Hey, the seasons change, John. That's in my junk. Um, the update, I like with him and Nate. I like when Nate is his producer. Nate, they got good chemistry. I like when they made songs together. And uh, Blaine Gang, like Blaine Gang, he was in like a little Brent Fires bag. So you feel me? I think Scotty probably like a little toxic, but when he be toxic, Scotty, it's top two. It's top two. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with he got a track called Scotty Season Two. That's probably my favorite. Leave Me Alone Freestyle is my favorite music video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that visual was that video is hard. He, like, bro, I that video is really crazy. The hottest in the trap for the birds from the streets to the curves. If you went on that new Scotty, then you bogus. Tonight ain't got no beef. I be living in a peace. You try to take a feast from a dog, he gonna eat. That's- and then I'm gonna go with it's between it. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with 
Dang, it's between it's between losing my faith and so long for now. But that's on his just like I don't know. He just in a he just in a in a zone on them Johns. Okay, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with those. But that visual though, that visual on leave me alone. I need you to like throw that up here just for like a couple of seconds. Johns crazy. Say less, say less, say less. For me, my top three man, uh, five rings, uh, the joint he out right now, celebrate. And uh, bestie in the bands, man. I like the crank. You know what I'm saying. I like the line. How you crying, the Honda, but your bestie in the bands. That's real life, man. It must be slimy out here in the streets. How you gonna do that to your bestie, man? You know what I'm saying. Like I said, no, for real. You should like go stream my boy Scotty, man. You know what I'm saying. He really one of them ones, man. Most most slept on, man. But he up and coming though. Y'all gonna know about him soon, man. Um, last question for the barbershop. The barbershop jazz, man. You know what I'm saying. Who got the most rays in the chat? Man, most rare. I think I think we know who the, I think we know who the answer is, but we just gotta get it out there. You know what I'm saying? So the folks know. Oh boy, oh brother, <laughs> oh brother. oh man, who tried? Who who got the most, or who who tries? <laughs> who tries the most? It's a difference. Are you a volume shooter? T feels definitely got the most rare in the chat though. Nah, man. See, Phil's got like the hey on the real. It's like he ain't even gonna say nah, much. He's just chilling. Like, he, he's just chilling, bro. He's just, the hey, bro. He was, bro, he was at Derek's house. Bro, did a magic trick, had the whole room captivated, bro. T Phil's got the, he got the ridge, yo. Nah, man. I'm gonna I'm a go. It's, it's probably, it's probably volume shooters. No. <laughs> I ain't even gonna say no names. I ain't even gonna say no names. Nah, bro, I'll plead the fifth. I'll plead the fifth on this one. I'll plead the fifth. We we know who it is. You know what I'm saying? If, if you know, you know. If you yeah. know, you know. I, I, the one, the one looking good to you in the camera might have something to say about it, though. But, you know, that, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to yeah, say. Yeah, they Yeah, they low. That's crazy. Wow. Uh, wow. Nah, man, this is, um. This has been fun, man. And I think, you know, one thing I can say about, about the barbershop, man, everybody's really, you know, doing their thing, man. You know what I'm saying? From... My guy Ace out with the Clippers, Tank, the youngest ESPN employee ever. My guy Trey, we 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 talking about what he's been doing with Jimbo and content creation. Um, you know, Derek running it up. You know, with the music. My guy Dallow, you know, doing his thing, man. Stepping, you know, obviously, um, doing his thing, man. My guy DQ, doing his doing his thing, living his best life, man. I think it's 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 been a pleasure, man, to see what everybody's been able to do. Um, you know, in their own lane and and in their own space, man. And I think. You know, just putting the bow on, on the pod, man. I think, like I said, knowing you for as long as I've known you, man, I really want to just give you your flowers, bro. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, you're somebody who, number one, has inspired me a lot, you know, from just the basketball journey, man, and um, everything outside of basketball as well, man. The way you attack entrepreneurship, man. The way you have a, a just a grasp on life as a whole, man. You're somebody who a lot of people can learn from. And I'm not surprised at all, you know, to see – you know, where you're at now as far as how many kids and, and teenagers and men you inspire every day through, through social media and through your videos. Um, you know, I get to see you on, on a day-to-day -day basis, man. And just want to let you know, man, I'm super proud of everything you're doing. You know what I'm saying? I think um, it's crazy because I know that this is just the beginning of, of where you're going, man. And definitely was was a pleasure, man. I can't believe it took us this long to get you on, man. But I know this is the first conversation we've had on the podcast. Won't be the last, but I think it's perfect timing. You know what I'm saying? Just because of everything you've got going on. And like I said, man, I definitely want to be able to give you your flowers, man, while you're right here and let you know, man, you're doing great things. 
Super proud of you as a brother, man. Um, can't wait to get home. You know, see you guys, man. Like I said, man, see my Dukes as well, man. I'm, I'm tired I missed her when she came to Japan, but you know we we'll have to get that done soon, man. But like I said, man, keep doing your thing. It's been an honor to chop it up with you, you know, on, on what's in your bag, man. I can't wait to see what's next, um, in this next journey of your of your career. No, yeah. I definitely, um, I definitely second that. Like, and I've told like Trey and Scotty that before. Like, coming up, like you're just trying to like find what your identity is, like in a world where it's like there's so many places to choose from, but it feels like nobody's like living from a place of like transparency. Um, just growing up, somebody like who like struggle, like self esteem, like insecure, like just being able to watch Trey, just being able to watch Scotty, like they, those are two guys who were never afraid to be themselves and like just sort of walk into like who they were and like take that into every room, man. So like. I can't even imagine like the inspiration you had on everybody else, but like you were speaking early on impact, but you definitely had an impact on me. So I just appreciate, and you like the world's busiest man for real. And you took the time to go on the pod. So we appreciate you for real. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm excited for the next time we hop on the pod and just see from, you know, when the chat started to this, to the next time, like consistency is going to get us there for sure. So it's, I appreciate that for real. No doubt. No doubt, man. Alrighty folks, like I said, make sure y'all, Follow my guy on Instagram at TFills, TikTok at TFills. Um, make sure y'all check out his retirement series. It's going viral. Millions of views, literally, uh, on, on, on those platforms, man. Make sure y'all go check that out. Um, I'm sure you'll learn something. Make sure y'all follow Jimbo. What's the what's the plug for Jimbo on um, social media? Is it, is it at Jimbo US? Jimbo.us? Right, Jimbo.us or Jimbo app on social media. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tap in, man. Make sure y'all follow my guy because he's doing a bunch of great things, man. Um, this is a wrap, folks. This has been another episode of the What's in Your Bad podcast presented by Bet Online. Let me show you guys again with a five star rating. Subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify. Give us a five star rating, it goes a long way. This is going to be pull up Tay on the outro, guys. We'll see you next time. Peace. Suave. Suave. I've been in my bag for a while, I'm invincible Story of a young boss, grinding shit critical Calling on my bros one time, cause you special I had some hood dreams of right rounds for my mentor Every target that I shoot is on point like a pencil Different route, change relationships, I'm so sorry Came up from the trenches and I made it, I say hardly Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show And giving us a 5 star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.